Table Fries is a podcast hosted by Gene Hopkins, Chief Marketing Officer at Lola.com. Gene has built and led marketing teams, authored top-selling marketing materials, and served on advisory boards all around Greater Boston. With Table Fries, Gene sets out to interview every woman working at Lola.com. Gene will talk about motivation, what makes a good day, and we'll connect the dots between guests in a special way. At Table Fries, there's always room to share. So grab small plates and don't forget the dipping sauce. To find all the new and previous episodes of Table Fries, check out your favorite podcast platforms or visit us at lola.com slash tablefries. And don't forget, Gene is building Boston's next great B2B marketing team at lola.com. So be sure to stay updated on new roles at the lola.com careers page. Table Fries, where sharing is caring. Hi, everybody. Today I've got with me Alex. Alex is totally awesome, and she's got the best laugh in all of Lola.com. So you're going to hear her laugh a lot today. And we're going to be talking about her adventures at Lola and some of the things that she's very happy with. Thanks, Alex. Thanks for joining us today. Yes, thanks for having me. This is so exciting. Are you nervous at all? I always think it's interesting to be recorded because <laughs> inevitably a year or two later, like I feel like it surfaces and you listen to it and you're like, oh, I should have answered it this way or that way. Well, this um, is the first step. Yes. This is the first step. And, and you did say that you were going to sing during the entire time. So oh, I don't know. No, I didn't. <laughs> there she goes. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about your journey to Lola.com. How did you end up coming here? While I was not originally a wombat, my process was kind of comparable to other people's in the fact that I guess you could say it was a referral. I you were more than a referral. Right. <laughs> I mean, a recruit. I don't know Yeah, I don't know the right recruited. So yeah, I had been working in leisure travel for quite a few years, and about a year and a half into my experience at um, the company I was previously, Krista Pappas became the COO. She, as we all know, is the SVP of business development here at Lola. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when she entered the picture, we really connected personally, professionally, and she ultimately ended her time at Divine and came to Lola, but we managed to stay in touch. We were Mm. communicating quite a bit still. And sort of through my relationship with her, I even had the opportunity to meet Paul a couple times. Oh, really? Yeah, and I thought... He was like a really incredible person, obviously uh-huh. quite the career. <laughs> um, and so when Lola finally pivoted from leisure travel, you know, obviously to business travel, the opportunity for a BD team happened. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Like there wasn't even a place for me originally when she was first here. And so when it was really time to create that team and scale that team, mm-hmm. Krista asked me to come in. That's great. Yeah. And here you are. Here I, the rest is history. The rest is about 18 <laughs> months, right? Yeah. Almost. Wow. Wowzy. Huh? And that makes me a, a veteran here. Yeah, almost. Almost. <laughs> is there a single word that would describe you? I mean, we're all thinking it. It's probably short. Uh, nobody <laughs> uh, can no, see I'm, how short yeah. you are. <laughs> uh, I've heard gregarious before. I would say probably for me, if I'm describing myself, curious. Curious. I'm like the kind of person, if I'm meeting my boyfriend for dinner and I happen to get there a half hour before him because of scheduling, he'll come and sit down and I'll be like, oh, meet this bartender, it's John, this is his life story, <laughs> these are all of his dreams, his ambitions. Just, I love learning about people, but also any new avenue or opportunity I try to 
learn as much as I possibly can. Yes, I love, you're, I you're love always, learning. <laughs> well, you are, and you, you have such a varied exposure to things. I, I remember the first cheese day that I was here at the company, and you made this magnificent antipasto, and you love to cook. So anybody that follows you on Instagram, yes. you're always cooking. You're always doing something interesting. It, that's uh, So gregarious short and curious so she had three there Deb. i just want you to remember that there's no one word that can capture all of alex right what was the last book that you read do you remember so i the last book i finished was <laughs> you are a badass by oh. jen sincero or okay. sincero i don't know how to pronounce her last name it's like one of those self-help kind of woo-woo books that makes fun of self-help woo-woo <laughs> books. I think everyone should read it. It's pretty incredible. Was it a beach read? Uh, yes. Okay. Like beach, airplane, really, you could do in like a day or two. But what I tend to do is read like multiple books Look, simultaneously. Okay. That's all right. So one book I've been reading for like two and a half years is called IQ84 by Haruki Murakami. But it's like... 2,200 pages oh, based in reality, based in fantasy. It was pretty ambitious. So uh, like, How, how thick like, is it? It's like Four this inches? thick, yeah. and the print is like this big. <laughs> oh, wow. So I'm like 75% through that. And then I also, this book, Judd Apatow, Sick in the Head. Okay. It's kind of like a David Sedaris format. It's mm-hmm. like little stories where he does interviews with various comedians. Mm-hmm. Anyone who loves comedians and just like... Mm-hmm. Comics are so complex and yes. interesting. It's like very applicable to a lot of different facets in your life. Um, so I'll like pick that up, read a chapter here, read a chapter there. And then the third book that I've like just started is Essentialism. Essentialism? Yes. What's and that about? It's about like focusing <laughs> on one specific lane I and mean, kind of cutting out the noise. So maybe that will cause me to just read one book and I'll nah, like do one, one thing you know, at a time. I think feel differently. I mean, lots of people that we've talked to on this podcast read multiple books. There's some books like is a, they're a heavy lift. And so you're just going through it when you can. There's other books that you can just sit down and plow through. There's other books that you read in an airport so you can be distracted. And it's not totally. like you have a book report at the end that's due. Totally. So it's, I think it's perfectly normal to have many books that are going on at the same time. And that you can listen to them. Then there's like all this other content out there. It's, <laughs> it's a crazy world we're living in. <laughs> lots and lots. When you go home at the end of the day, when you go home to East Boston and you take the water taxi, you have to, you have to tell people, about the water taxi but when you take the water taxi (laughs) and you get off the water taxi how do you know that you've had a good day what does a good day look like to you I would say from a professional perspective it is when I do not bring my computer home ah that means that like I had a set amount of tasks I needed to accomplish that day I accomplished them I can actually go home be present and not be sweating, being like, oh, I still have to send this, I still have to send that, let me open up my computer. Like, right. I felt good enough about my day, I can just leave it there mm-hmm. and come back to it in the morning. So there you go. That, that's a reasonable thing. Yeah. And, and your computer's kind of light, so it's not, <laughs> it yeah, that's pretty, what's to say? Oh, Cam gave me this, less friends, more bands. Oh, geez, she's so funny. <laughs> good old Cam. Is there a piece of advice that you might give your 18-year-old self? Oh my God, I like cracked this joke to you already, but how much time do we have? I would say the best advice I could give my 18-year-old self would be to take a gap year. Take a gap year before college. Yes. Okay. Like, 
I don't know when you're 18, you just think you know everything and you know what's right for you and you truly, like in hindsight, know nothing. (laughs) Nothing about the real world anyway. So, you know, you kind of go along with this, you pick a major because you Mm. think you're interested in it and you don't really understand like the ramifications of that later in your life. Right, right. You're on a trajectory. Yeah. It's very, very difficult. How many people at age 18 know what they want to do like 10 years from? and, And how many people at 18 now would be able to say in four years uh, this is the kind of thing I want to be doing we don't know what's going to happen in four years of course like so it'd be great to have taken a gap year gotten a job in the real world and tried to figure out like what do you really want to do and then I would say even in that same vein honestly like pick a tactical like trade (laughs) like get an accounting degree a nursing (laughs) degree graphic design photography Something that's like this skill you can mm-hmm. come out with and always almost lean on. Right, um, right. Me, I was like, I'll be a communications major because maybe I want to be a journalist and like. Well, you're a good writer. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, like, it's I worked like out. Writing, um, but it, yeah, it all it all worked out in the end. But it was it's an interesting avenue. <laughs> it, it is. I think, I think it's very hard. Ashley always likes this particular question. Mm-hmm. What, what was your worst job? Oh, my God. Did it involve food service? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I definitely waitress, bartended. I was a beverage cart girl for a summer. That was actually, like, the easiest job what, I've ever like had. Like on a golf life. course? Yes. Oh, yeah, I like, bet. Like, sat there and read books on the fifth hole and, <laughs> like, got paid. It was amazing. The worst job I had was probably, oh, my God, when I was, like, 15 or 16, I somehow ended up as a door-to-door saleswoman <laughs> for Weed Man Lawn Care. So, like, I would... is a weird name? Yes. Weed so, man. yes. So, one, I'm knocking on strangers' doors, being like, I'm with the Weed Man. And they're like, who are you? Like, what? where are your parents? And, like, I listen to a lot of true crime and stuff now. Oh, now you do. Yes, Yes. and now I'm like, wait, like a strange man was driving me to strange neighborhoods (laughs) until sundown so I could like knock on people's doors? Like, (laughs) How successful were you? I think I did like a pretty okay job. It's the best, honestly, it's probably like the best training ground for any sales job you'll ever have in your life. I did an okay job, but I I don't know, I'd have to pull those metrics, you know? Call Weed Man up and see. Weed (laughs) Man, that is a funny name for a lawn. Yeah. Wow. It was pretty outrageous. Your most interesting experience or trip? This is a Chrissy question. I love she, this question. You love this question. <laughs> you do like to travel. I love to travel. You love to travel. Yes. You do. You you And lately, this past summer, you've gone to how many weddings? Oh, boy. I don't count that as traveling. <laughs> as some of yeah. them have been destination yes, weddings. Yes, yes. You've had to go there, and you've been there, and so it's been a thing. Yes, absolutely. And, like, there's certainly travel involved. But they when you hit, like, your 10th, it starts to feel a bit more like an obligation. <laughs> Um, uh, Then like a vacation, but yes, lots of traveling there. Um, You go back and forth to Tampa. Yes. You and Sarah, back and forth and Krista, and back and forth to Tampa and New Jersey and New York for your role with American Express Global Business Travel. So there you go. And what what exactly are, tell me about something that's more fun and less of an obligation. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Less business travel. (laughs) I'm actually going to Mexico City next week and it happens to be the Day of the Dead. Carnival, I know. So that I'm really pumped about. And it's how like did a that, how'd you pick that? It was the cheapest flight that I booked two weeks ago. <laughs> I just like went on Google because never mind. 
went on Lola and <laughs> realized that was the cheapest flight. <laughs> and I've always wanted the food supposed to be amazing there, the culture. Um, uh-huh. It's kind of always been on my radar. So you're going to be in the city. Yeah. You're stay in the city. Yeah. Okay. And are you in like the, well, there's it's six million people. Mm-hmm. So, so how'd you pick the neighborhood that you were going to be in? I did like a bunch of Googling. I tend to lean on the New York Times with like leisure yeah. travel. You know, yeah. they have like those 36 hours. Yeah. Oh, in. yeah. I like read those all the time. So that's how I found the neighborhood. Our Airbnb for five days was $216. Like it's outrageously inexpensive. Wow. wow. Yeah. Cheap and then, flight. Cheap hotel-ish yeah. thing. And, yeah. like, I booked a experience with a shaman in the jungle with a sweat lodge, and there's, like, some hot springs I think go there's going to be some good stories <laughs> coming out of that one. Yeah, I don't Brian know. Brian might be, my boyfriend might be a bit uh, reluctant about that, but it's fine. It's fine. He'll he'll work it out. Yes. How did you manage to pick your career path? Oof. I would say... It was more of like an organic evolution um, versus like a totally conscious decision. But as I said, I was a communications major. I like to talk. I don't know if anyone's ever noticed that. And I loved travel. So I got a job opportunity as a direct sales rep at this leisure travel company. Mm -hmm. And it just like made a lot of sense for all those And you were there for five years? Yeah, about. Yeah. So yeah, sales was kind of a natural evolution for me. And then while I was there... It sort of shifted from being a direct rep into outside sales, more partnership stuff. Um, again, a little bit of a different business model than here. But um, yeah, once the act of doing the same thing every day eventually, I think, can get a little bit tedious. So you start yeah. to evolve within yeah. sales. And Some people are happy doing it. Yeah. And knowing abs- what's expected yes. and being able to deal with that. But yes. some, some people, you're not a sit at your desk kind of a yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. You are a stand at your desk. Yeah. You are a move around. And one thing that you... I've noticed you like to go into, and you are in this new office. You have lots of places to sit. I love that. You love the, the different yes. places to sit and to be able to work. Yes, love shaking up the scene a little. God, and I'm like so grateful for that time I had being like a direct rep. Yep. Um, I think it's so vital to any sales career. Right. But yeah, it kind of evolved um, into a more partnership outside angle. So yeah, yeah, that's always good. I mean, being able to work on partnerships to have that one plus one to equal three is so important. Yeah. In American Express Global. Business travel is Absolutely. so important Absolutely. to Lola, and all the work that you and Sarah and Krista do with them is so critical to the success of our company. Thanks. Do you have a favorite teaching moment? God, one thing that I'll never forget is I think it was in fifth or sixth grade, and I had been playing soccer for a couple years, but like the peewees, and I wasn't in the big league traveling team zone yet. So tryouts came up for like the traveling soccer team uh-huh. and it was a bunch of girls who had been playing together for a few years and I'm like oh they're so much better than me like I'll never make the team and right before I kind of psyched myself out and I was like dad I'm not gonna go to the tryouts I'm not gonna go like I'm I can't do it and he's like Alex like I'm not gonna make this an option for you <laughs> you just need to go and then you'll find out what happens. Right, like, just right. do it, rip the Band-Aid, and what will be will be. But, uh, I mean, right. it's, like, pretty typical. But, like, if you don't attempt it, you you'll never, never know, know what will happen. Right, right. And so I went, I made the team, I ended, yeah, I ended up playing soccer, like, pretty intensely for probably, like, 10, 12 years. And it was, like, a great experience in my life. But it's just, you know, anytime you have that hesitation or imposter syndrome or feel in any right. way like that, um, the best thing you can do for yourself is be uncomfortable and kind of dive in and see what happens. That's that's hard for people, though. It is. It is it's, ripping that Band-Aid it off. It is. 
Do you have a pet? I know you do. So I have two pets. You have two pets. So can you tell us about your two pets? I can. <laughs> um, one is Archie. Archie. I've met Archie. You've met Archie. Des has met Archie. <laughs> Big fan. He's a Nova Scotian duck tolling retriever. Of course. That's a Naturally, nice long name. Yep, <laughs> like, why not? <laughs> so yuppie and ridiculous. And like normally I'm team rescue, but... We have another dog, Alfie, who's Alfie. a Chihuahua Corgi mix, and he was a rescue. So and my, he's new. Alfie's the old one. Oh, Archie's Al- the new. Oh, I haven't met Archie. <laughs> I have not. I've met Alfie. You oh, brought yeah. Alfie to the office. I oh, didn't. I wasn't in the office yes. when you brought. Okay. Was this when I was dressed like Ron Burgundy? When I brought Alfie? Yes. Yes, okay. That was that day. Yes, okay. it was that day. Naturally. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yes, Alfie was like my family dog, and... My dad moved to France, and my mom actually had a stroke, so she wasn't able to take care of him anymore, so we just ended up. My dad was like, oh, we're going to send him to a farm, and I grew up in Pennsylvania. I'm like, I know what that means. Like, <laughs> I remember when my rabbit went to the farm, I never saw it again. So we ended up taking Alfie, and Archie was a gift from my boyfriend's 30th birthday. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a nice gift. That's that's a lot of fun. But yeah, two dogs in a 700 square foot apartment. It's been an interesting experiment. Well, you you go home <laughs> and you take them out for a walk. Who and would I, you most like to have dinner with? Ooh, I feel like I have like 5,000 answers for this, but my gut is Anthony Bourdain. God, I Ties just... Ties into your whole food thing. Yeah. It? And trying. I, yeah, and the curiosity. And, yeah. and like, I just, I love how he was able to create this lane for himself that didn't exist just out of like a pure passion for what he does and he's uh-huh. just like so authentically himself mm. that I think people like that you just for me anyway like I can't resist that energy when I feel mm. like they're just like so raw and real and like cannot help but be themselves mm-hmm. and I think it'd be funny as hell and it'd obviously be like an amazing dinner yeah. and I always said like I'm like you know when I grow up I want to be Anthony Bourdain one day <laughs> Well, I hope you stay yourself. I really do. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, that's that's a wonderful one. Do you have a most embarrassing moment? Oh, <coughs> this one is a twist. It's okay if you don't. I know. I need to. Can I think on that? Sure. I, 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 I guess it doesn't it. involve Ron Burgundy. So I mean, oh, that I live for. Uh, yes, I'm more embarrassed when I show up in a normal outfit. To there, work. <laughs> <laughs> a normal outfit. Yes. Um, and who do you most admire? This is, like, probably a very cliche answer, but it would be my mom. Yep. A lot of people say their mom. Yeah. I mean, so my mom, she actually contracted polio whenever she was three years old during the polio epidemic. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And so as a result, she was, like, paralyzed from the waist down. It wasn't clear if she was going to survive or not. She had to go into iron lungs for oh, like wow. nine and a half months. Oh my goodness. It's like a three and a half year old. Oh, um, how awful. Yeah, her mom, I'm like, oh my God, how did her mother survive that? <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, she survived it. She thrived. She ended up, you know, traveling the world. She went to college at GW, was an art history major, got married, had kids. She was told she probably wouldn't be able to have children. Really? She had three healthy kids. And, you know, as I shared earlier, not to get too emotional on a work podcast, but um, she now has also suffered from two strokes. Oh, gosh. So she's, like, in a wheelchair, and she's got really limited mobility, and it just, like, all of those things are enough to destroy anyone or have you have, like, probably a pretty negative or pessimistic outlook. Or be depressed. Totally. And, like, God, she is just, like, this magical, radiant positive force and 
she just has never let it stop her and and like I remember as a kid you know you're younger and you don't really understand so we would like be at the mall and she's on crutches so people would like be staring at her all the time and I would get really defensive and be like wow why are these people like staring at you mom like this is bullshit (laughs) Um, and she'd be like it's fine Alex like honestly I just look at this as something that makes me special Right. And, like, that outlook and attitude, I don't think that's something that you can learn. I think no. you're just, like, an intrinsically strong, amazing human. So I, like, literally will start crying. I love her so well, okay. much. I have her I, name tattooed on uh, me. Oh, Gigi. <laughs> it's a Gigi. lot. That's my Gigi. Shout out, Gigi. I'm there sure you you'll go. listen. I'm sure you'll listen. That's, what, that's, that's really nice. Do you have a question for me? Is there anything I can answer for you? Did you do the OG table fries? Have you, OG? like, been interviewed? Original? Oh no, no! I I've was never wondering been. I've that. Never been we gotta get you table fried, man. <laughs> um, we want to hear about oh, you. A lot of times I fill in on the questions yeah. and on some of the initially because some of our guests have been less gregarious than you, <laughs> and I think that we're having a conversation. I think it's been a learning tool for yeah. many of the the women here it's at amazing. Lola. It's been a good experience for them and being able to share. And it's a it's a hurdle. Mm-hmm. Your your first speaking slot, your first this, your first that, and to be able to have the chance to be able to do this makes a difference, I think, for many people. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And it's a fun thing to be able to share with your family. Yeah, this is oh, amazing. Thank I'm you, really Alex. Appreciative to be so here. You, you never got a chance to sing, so go ahead, sing a bar. Oh my God, I don't know what to sing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank I know I can't sing. Thank you so much for joining us today. It was wonderful. You've been listening to Table Fries with host Gene Hopkins from Lola.com on the Funnel Radio Network. Be sure to subscribe on TableFries.com. Table Fries is brought to you by Lola.com. Super simple corporate travel software from the travel innovators who brought you Kayak. Whether you want better visibility into travel spend, help managing your corporate travel program, or 24-7 human-powered support while you're on the road, Lola.com is the perfect solution. Lola.com, a better way to travel for business.